Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I'm one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest, Cammy. Hey there, Cammy. Hey, Bryant. What's going on? How are you? I am fantastic. I just started the uh, Netflix series Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Kinley wanted to like watch that, and um, we did start it, and it's... Just teetering on the edge of inappropriate for her, so that's nice. Right. <laughs> well, I'm thinking like maybe a ten year old, but I don't know. Yes, she. Some of the bits she's kind of like, oh, but she's she's loving the attitude. That's that what is, really is so funny about it to me is like it was written for a millennial. Yes, it's what it feels like. Like this is a teen show written for a millennial. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely get that. Um, no, that's good. You said I actually wanted to mention this too. I I listened to a really good. I, I felt in the mood for an autobiography, so I, I listened to a, a good short one that's relatively newer on uh, Ulysses S. Grant. Oh, um, cool! By Michael Corda, Corda with a K, and that yeah, it was really funny. It came out uh, at least the audiobook came out in twenty twenty, so it was relatively newer, a little shorter. A lot of them are like super long, and he was a good guy. I was and I was listening, and I was like, I wonder if there's something we can do from this. And you know what we could do? The myth of how the South was going to win that damn war. How about that? <laughs> how about that? No, uh, it was it was really cool. He was a cool dude. Died of throat cancer. Too many, too many cigars. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Don't don't chain smoke cigars, y'all. Even if you're winning the South. Okay. Right. <laughs> bad idea. Well, that's not a bad segue to what our topic is. Uh, rewind the clock about 300 years from uh, Mr. Grant, and we're going to talk about Roanoke, Virginia. Right? No. No. North Carolina. Nothing special going on in Virginia regarding Roanoke. Maybe I don't know. Uh, but no, yeah, we're talking about the, the mystery of the colonists in Roanoke, which is also a place in Virginia, which we, I think, both immediately assumed, oh, yeah, Roanoke, Virginia. But then we're like, oh, wait, no, it's right above us in North Carolina. Yeah, I wasn't sure where it really was. Like, in my head, it was Virginia, because there is right. existing Roanoke, Virginia, yeah. and probably because of Jamestown. Right. That's a good point, too, yeah. No, this is cool. So... uh yeah, a lot of people might be familiar. This is a, an, an interesting early settlement. This is like right on the precipice, right before the 16th century kicks off. So this is super early in the colonial development of the New World, as it were called. So as we do on Mystery, Cammy's going to give us a story, nice and spooky, about these colonists. And then I'll lead a, a brief discussion on this, and we'll figure it out. But either way, Cammy, why don't you uh, hit us with that story? Yeah, absolutely. So I used WilliamsburgPrivateTours.com and BritishExplorers.com, which had a great timeline. So it was really easy to kind of go in and figure out when the stuff was happening because you learn about the stuff That's in awesome. school, but it was so long ago that you're kind of like, sure. okay, was this really the first settlement they tried to do and, and all of that? So BritishExplorers.com. I wonder what kind of traffic that gets nowadays. BritishExplorers.com. Brit- <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting website. Some like English kid like, I'm going to find something new. And he goes there and he's like, ah, oh, wait, never mind. Maybe. It really looks like an angel fire page. Like it is oh, very. That, uh, that, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it's just somebody still paying for it. Or maybe it was like at the time of the internet when you didn't have to pay for anything. I'm right. not really sure. But it's still up and it's um, getting traffic for me at least. This wasn't the first settlement Sir Walter O'Reilly had planned on this very spot. But it was as though the land itself was cursed. In 18, or 1585, the colony of Roanoke broke ground after a long three months at sea. The colonists arrived in late July, which put them too late to plant crops. They had to depend on hunting and the kindness of the indigenous people who lived nearby. But it wasn't long before the ships began to leave, 
and only just over a hundred people remained, one of, the, one of them being Ralph Lane. He was a brutal man and wished to put the resources of the original inhabitants of the land to his personal use. This caused tensions between the Europeans and the indigenous people of the New World. When, with Lane's leadership, the colonists were soon starving, and as soon as Sir Francis Drake visited the budding colony, the people begged to be taken back to England. Only 15 men remain, and their fates are unknown to this day. So here we are, a new colony. It was Raleigh who still hell-bent on establishing who was still hell-bent on establishing a footing in the Americas. While they had planned to settle farther north, one of his captains disobeyed his orders and landed on the old colony of Roanoke. There he, along with over a hundred others, established their home in a place where the first had disappeared some years earlier. But in late August, John White sailed to England for more supplies leaving 112 people on the island. He meant to return within a few months, but the war with Spain prevented him from getting back quickly. It was three years before he would be able to see his people again. And when relief did finally come, <coughs> the men saw smoke bellowing from the town, so they fired a cannon shot to announce their arrival. While trying to disembark, six men, the, captains, the captain included, drowned. And when they made it to the place where the people should have been, there was nothing but a skeleton waiting for them. And carved into a tree, the cryptic message, Croatoan. And so White pushed on, looking for his lost people, his wife, his daughter. But when they set sail for the place called Croatoan, one of the ship's cables broke and put them with only one anchor. Their food stores were not enough to keep pressing onward, so they were never able to search that land. And they turned tide back for homeland. Some say, though, that the people of Roanoke fared well and were not lost at all, for when more settlers came to the area, they wrote of the fair-haired and grey-eyed people of the land who spoke English as well as the queen herself. Oh, as well as the queen. That's cool. They literally said as the queen. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, that reminds me of the, there was the, like, southeast asian trade uh, probably 100 years before this or even more so i think it was some like english settlers bumped into some indigenous peoples of southeast asia in the chain of islands that are there yeah and they spoke english but it was from like the dutch or something i don't know it was like from from someone else and they're like wait you know english so that made trading a lot easier yeah this is an interesting early colony settlement right 1585 is when it kind of started but it didn't really kind of get going until 1587 and that's where things went sour or weird the big dis- the, the big mystery here is <clears throat> there wasn't really any evidence it didn't seem like they really put their like feet down there like planted themselves in super well um but they did abandon it it was uh about 120 colonists all men uh, i didn't realize this until I, I looked into it i would have just guessed but it was all workers they were just trying to get this established you know get a foothold but they they needed supplies, and so yeah, Walter Raleigh he actually ended up um, going. He he wanted the city the the city to be established. I, he put in um, Ralph Lane and John White were the initial governors. Lane actually um, hooked up with a resupply mission uh, with Sir Richard Greenville and uh, Sir Francis Drake helped out. Actually, all these dudes are served. Man, it took nothing to get knighted back then. Um, <laughs> and during that attempt when when drake was taking them for the resupplying that's that's when the disappearance happened and you're right yeah the anglo-spanish war was going on so a resupply mission that would have taken 
maybe a year took even longer. And so it, it was weird. And then when they come back, nothing's there. Some cryptic messages. You assume that they went to the island of Croatoa nearby. There was also another one, a tree that had Korra um, inscribed on it. I'll get to that later. That was, like I think, on the other side of the, the, the settlement of where it was. So I, I mainly just pointed to Wikipedia here. Um, so, yeah, this is Dare County, New, New North Carolina today. It was inspired directly after the founding of uh, St. John's in Newfoundland by um, Sir Humphrey Gilbert, who was actually lost at sea on his return voyage. But Queen Elizabeth wanted him to kind of do something else. Walter Raleigh was like, yeah, I'll take care of that. And so that that's where where Ono kind of got inspired was was from this. That's uh, This is important at the time. These colonies, you'd have these merchants or these dudes who would basically petition to the wealthy and be like, yo, I'll do this for you in your name, but you got to fund it and stuff like that. It was really expensive. You need lots of people, all this uncharted territory. But there were these people having success, and the success in Canada was uh, expediting this. And it's it's really interesting to see. I mean, you, you literally have these dudes, English, Portuguese, Italian people, go around to all the crowns of the French, the Spanish, Portugal, England, they'd be like, hey, you know, they'd petition to each one. And it's just kind of so, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about. Greenville went back, m- had these men stay, and then they were gone. Uh, there's really, the, part of the big mystery is there's not a lot of writing until later when George Bancroft in 1834 wrote uh, a book called A History of the United States. He brought this story up and he kind of put it in a, a, a good light. Um, he lionizes the term what Wikipedia uses. He lionized the colonists, said that they were valiant and brave, and this is, you know, unknown territory. And that's kind of when it peaked interest again, and then it kind of died down again until a little bit later, when we have sort of the modern technology, National Park Services, that protected certain things. But there really weren't any references until uh, about 10 years later. Um, 1605 is when we've got some mentions of this, and there are people who write about, uh, they say, you know, um, Native Americans or Indigenous peoples with with European features, kind of like how Cammy mentioned. I didn't see that specific part where they spoke English specifically, but uh, I, I think I mentioned this before, too, on one of our other shows where we've talked about uh, in the similar time period, um, when I took a colonial Latin American history course, uh, one, like, thing that especially the Spanish and perhaps the Portuguese would do one, one trick that they would have, cause they'd be kind of like hopping the coast. They would like, if they found like a settlement of, of peoples, um, they would like leave a sailor or two with them and be like, Hey, assimilate. We'll see you in a couple months or years. Hopefully you'll learn the language and start up relationships. So it's not like crazy unheard of for that to happen, this assimilation. And I mean, if you're like screwed, you know, if you, if you don't have a, a boat to get back, you're, you want to survive, you're just going to keep going. So, and, and another thing too, while the indigenous peoples were hostile eventually in, in many ways, uh, things were pretty copacetic initially. I mean, trade was great, uh, you know, especially at the very beginning when you have these items to trade that they've never seen before. And so things were good, but as supplies got tighter, that's when relationships were really bad, when they relied and, and couldn't really trade anything else or, or when they were useless, when they were useless settlers that had nothing to do and they were depending on the resources of their neighbors there. Um, that was one thing. I saw that the one governor, Ralph Lane, who was the one who basically caused the settlers to start starving because of his relationship yeah. with the indigenous people. He was like very, they, they quote unquote militaristic mm-hmm. in his tactics. So uh, he just was very tenacious and wouldn't stop and, and caused, uh, you know, rife 
between them because they were trying to fight these people instead of and 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 take things instead yeah. of like trade or help in some way. Yeah. So it, it I I don't want it to seem like it was like hard from the get go. I you know we talked about the Vikings in Vinland and stuff too. The their encounters they were pretty hostile, but they were both kind of hostile initially. But there there was also some good trading you know they were all chill with each other a lot as well so it, it wasn't always like heated from the get-go they they would there was trade there they were good to start things got worse later as the the colonists kind of settled uh so yeah we don't have too much other um evidence really to go off of any of this um uh, the big thing is is I, I that i want people to walk away with this george bancroft's book on it was really what helped keep the story alive and also change our idea on it um uh, uh sir walter raleigh was knighted in direct um uh directly because of this uh the, the these adventures this founding even though was not good well i also saw that he was so important to the queen because he was so able to get these crews together sure. and and willing the, the willing men to go and do this that uh he was not allowed to leave England too valuable like he wasn't allowed oh, to that's go on funny. These that makes sense. yeah yeah no it's i mean yeah you don't know when a, a privateer is going to take you and you're you're screwed i mean i'm the bounty that francis drake had was immense from the spanish i remember that if i don't know if you remember us on that episode that we talked about him yeah that's why she knighted him yep Good. Yeah, he he's living proof, so that would make sense. Yeah, I made a, I, I I was really interested to see the different nationalities petitioning different kings. It was very fluid. You, you know, you'd think it would be much more like English to English, Spanish to Spanish, but there were all these dudes petitioning all these other kings and queens and royalty to get this going on. Uh, upon their return to England in the autumn of 1584, Amadas and Barlow spoke highly of the tribe's hospitality and the strategic location of Roanoke. Okay, yeah, that was a, a note I got from Wikipedia that talked about that these guys who went for the relief mission, they came back and they were talking about how nice... The people were there, and then the how strategic Roanoke was. Now they might be BSing just to help get more people to come on down and labor this. Um, that could absolutely be the case. 1587 was when Raleigh was established. The relief mission was a a, a year later. Um, we even have like uh, I think documents on Spanish intel regarding it too. They were like spying on it. Um, the relief party came back in 1590, so it took them two years to to even make it back. And that's when we come back and see um, Roanoke. Or sorry, Croatoan written, which there's a, that's a nearby island that I think was doing well, but it it doesn't. Yeah, it was like from what from my research for the other, it looked like it was an island that some established indigenous people who mm-hmm. lived with the colony because the first uh, part Raleigh was um, or not Raleigh, I'm sorry, White took back um, two people to England um, that were originally inhabitants of the Americas and they like kind of went on this tour of England and Raleigh was like look here's some uh, people and and here's what they're about and then can I have more money and and all of this so then when they came back they were friendly with the colonists that makes sense so that they live basically they were from that area the Croatoan area um, there, there's some other like evidence of it is comes from like the famous John Smith and the settlement of Jamestown in 1607. Um, you know, he was captured by Chief Powhatan. Um, they, uh, that's where it looks like Smith from his experience with communicating with them, they were, they spoke of people from a place called Okano, Okanahonan, where men, and this is in quotes, wore European style clothing, um, featuring walled houses. Um, Smith later returned to the colony 
Yeah, and then heard of another place of people who wore apparently European dress. So it looks like Smith would hear from natives himself when he was communicating with them. They would say, oh, yeah, there's European-looking dudes over here in this area. So so that's kind of like an idea that we have. That's where the idea comes of them kind of splitting and assimilating and not just being wiped out. That's I, I think that's one point I didn't clearly spell out. It doesn't. This doesn't seem like it was like genocide just colony wipeout that kind of thing the colony was wiped out because they all left because there was just greener there was survivable survivability you had to move on you had to you had to go somewhere else and there were you know there were established colonies and you live there long enough and you know you assimilate it works out yeah i mentioned that book um a history of america that's what helped it um in 1941 the national park service actually administered started administering the area and uh, declared it a historic site um and they tried to reconstruct like an area um in its uh, image. A big thing, I, other than some of these writings, um, so many of the artifacts that are from this like time period, they could have been from like really any other time period. They could have been from indigenous peoples who traded with people from other areas. So like you can't tell like, oh, this is, yeah, this is a, a Roanoke colonist, this and that. It, it just, it's so hard to tell uh, that it, that's the way it was. It's it's also been very sensationalized, so it's it's a cool mystery. You're gonna hear it. You're gonna see it on those TV shows and those stupid podcasts that talk about it. Uh, and and so it's it's very sensationalized. Um, there are some really cool. I I didn't. I don't think I saved them. There's been some cool like books written about it. There was one. Oh man, I need. I'm gonna find it. I'll, I'll write it in the description. It was like the plot is that there's a vampire, and the vampire's name is like Cora something. Like it's it's like. And and someone's like trying to write Cora like his name on a tree, but he gets killed as he's like. And it's like this ancient European vampire yes, that stowed yes, away yeah, on the ship yeah. or something. Yep, one hundred percent. Like Dracula, but yeah, okay. no, it's, it's that's amazing. Kind of pretty rad. <laughs> so uh, there's been some cool like things based off of it. A comic book, um, I, maybe that was a comic instead of a, a novel. But there's there's been quite a few things like um, based on it uh, that were were uh, pretty awesome. Oh. American Horror Story did a whole season on it. I remember seeing that. Yeah, I've never watched, but I'm I have seen that for sure. Don't watch. It's it's just gross. The show is just so yeah grotesque. Oh, here it is in 2015 novel, The Last American Vampire. The colonists are the victims of a vampire named Crowley. Oh, okay. In fiction, Crow was thus an incomplete attempt to implicate him. So there we go. That's the, yeah, the Cora tree. A 2009 um, study to determine the age of the Cora tree was inconclusive. Damage to the tree made it impossible to obtain the valid core sample, uh, even if the tree dates back to the 16th century, in st- establishing the age. Oh, so it might not even be from that. It might not, It just might have been... Yeah, there was an actual writing. It There was the writing on the tree, but then there was also writing yeah, the Croatone on the writing. town. Yes, yeah, that, and that's that's like yeah. an established factual good to go. Yeah, that that is that is like pretty straightforward. It is cryptic because it didn't really like give a direct lead but it, it gives us pretty direct assumptions uh and it's pretty plausible to kind of figure it out so yeah that that's pretty much like all i've got um there's uh, anthropologist lee miller has an idea that um he that there was a conspiracy against raleigh uh to maroon the colonists and kind of like smear campaign on him and a big thing uh francis um bacon the 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 writer, politician, yeah, Yum. the 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 famous figure. He is actually uh, he wrote um, publicly uh, against Raleigh for his indifference about it. He apparently was just kind of like, "Well, that's 120 dudes gone. Sorry, y'all." So uh, I, I thought that was kind of interesting that in the public limelight at the time, 
someone was speaking out against that. I wonder how that would have been both ways. I mean, like, is it good? Like yeah, how yeah. Would the queen would have been like, "Hey, go easy on him. Or... You know, he's just doing his work." Or, or would she want that? Would she want like, "No, we want the colon- people who are potential colonists to be like, no, yeah, we care about you for real. It's, it's not that hard." Yeah, it was, it was an interesting uh, take, but it, it, it was almost forgotten for the most part. Few, few writings, but some famous ones, like I said, from John Smith. Um, some big names were involved: Sir Walter Raleigh, Francis Drake. These big players were in like a lot of the same people were the ones that were doing all this stuff back then. It was it was a pretty like simple group of people that were involved in a lot of this, but we don't really know exactly what happened. We just we do have evidence that they might have assimilated nearby, and that's about it. They could have somehow find a boat uh, and just gone too. Could have just capsized and that's it. There's there's just there's really no traces. So. That's 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 the mystery. But life went on. Maybe if the Spanish were um, spying, maybe the Spanish picked him up. You're speaking Spanish now, bud. Yeah, no, they, I mean they would have <laughs> picked him up, made him basically prisoner, you know, workers on a boat, and he died pretty shortly after that. So that totally could be it too. But they, if if they did do that, they didn't leave any evidence. They didn't write it down. No captain was like, "Dear diary, sure. three British people got picked up today." And I hate them, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, yeah, this I think this is a fun topic to kind of jump on. Uh, I wish there was a little bit more. Maybe one day we'll see geographical scannings and find there was a mass burial site, and it was a vampire that'll open up a whole new can of worms <laughs> on it because they'll have little marks on their neck. But until then, I think that's all I've got to add. Cami, would you like to put a cherry on top of this podcast? Sure. I just I feel like I would be amiss not to bring up jamestown like the original jamestown settlement with this because there were some similarities although jamestown was yeah completely mismanaged and we could even talk sure. about that probably like later but if people are kind of confused because there's um with jamestown there were rumors of like mm-hmm. cannibalism and stuff like that but since they were so similar time period wise and uh they're both established by the british it can get kind of confusing so yeah, i just want to put no, that it, out it there is. It's, it's all it's very closely related timeline wise but it is different enough for sure um these guys were they were trying to make these you know this was a way to make it big and there was a lot of opportunities but it was tough and it was wild so one one colony success in canada made everyone think they could do it again and emulate it and it wasn't as easy especially when you're takes you a year to resupply so it was hard well, excellent. Uh, let us know what you think about coloni- co- colonies, colonization in the new world. Uh, I think that's it for this episode, Cami. Uh, if you have any suggestions on what we should talk about, we just had some two great bangers on Apollo and Apollo's brother Hermes. So this was a nice little change of pace, but I think we're going into some fun supernatural stuff the next couple weeks. So get ready for that. But Mystery with an IE, you can watch us on YouTube or uh, most podcast services. Let us know. If you need anything. All right. Well, Cammy, we'll see him next time. Ow. Oh. All right. <laughs>